Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. episode will air on Tuesday, August 13th, 2019. I'm Shannon, and I am here today with your guide to this week's new releases, and there are a lot of them. It makes me so happy. Um, but before we do that, I want to share an interview with you that Stacy and Natalia did last week with author Kristen Higgins who, as some of you may know, is a huge favorite of many of our contributors. So this was a lot of fun for them to do, and I hope you enjoy the interview. However, I have the usual housekeeping information, which is as follows. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Book Bistro Podcast. On Facebook, you can join our listener group where you can interact with us as well as with other listeners of the podcast. So we would love to have you there if you're interested. Um, you can find us on Twitter, as I said, or you can send us an email. And that address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. So definitely feel free to reach out with questions, comments, book recommendations, suggestions for episode topics, pretty much anything that you want to say to any of us. Um, you can contact us in those ways. So let us now get into the interview. Again, this is Stacy and Natalia and their interview with Kristen Higgins. Welcome everyone to Book Bistro. I am Stacy. I am joined today by Natalia and we are joined by best-selling author Kristen Higgins, yay, who Hello. is here, <laughs> who is here to talk with us about her latest <laughs> novel, Life and Other Inconveniences, that came out today. And I can just say, as one of the Book Bistro team, we are overjoyed and delighted to have you with us today. You're definitely a favorite of ours in Book oh. Bistro. Thank you so much. So, Definitely. I'm really trying to be all like professional and poised, but I am like <laughs> one moment away from fangirling like a queen. I can't even tell <laughs> Do you. Do it. Do it. Kristen <laughs> ah, Higgins. Okay. I'm better now. <laughs> okay. That made me feel better. I can, I can deal. So um, she let it anyway, out. She let it out. <laughs> I did let it out. So we are joined today by Kristen Higgins and um, we are here to talk about her incredibly beautiful novel, Life and Other Inconveniences. And uh, I would love it if you could start out by telling us a little bit about the novel. Sure. Um, this is a novel about love, loss, and redemption. Uh, it follows three generations of the London women over one summer. So we've got the matriarch, Genevieve. She's this terrifying and impressive <laughs> woman who raised and then kicked out her granddaughter, Emma, when Emma got pregnant at 18. Um, Emma now has a teenage daughter and for years she and Genevieve haven't spoken, but that changes when Genevieve is facing the end of her life and she calls Emma and announces, I'm dying. You need to come home. And, uh, Emma has a lot of reservations about doing this, but for a variety of reasons, she does agree to go back to Connecticut and the story follows these three women, um, Genevieve, Emma, and Riley, as they go through the summer and 
confront old wounds and and deal with the present issues and and find you know unexpected things about each other and even find some love so yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's a it's a very full book I would say yes yes sounds like it and so Kristen Genevieve is uh one of the characters in your novel that really um I guess got to me because she's so different from all of your other characters Mm -hmm. uh, that I've read in all of your books, but especially this one. Could you give us some insight as to how you, you know, developed her? Sure. Uh, For one, Genevieve is 85 years old and I've never written a perspective from a character that old. I've had older characters in my books, but, but never given a point of view to one of them. So it was really really fun and exciting for me as a writer to write someone who is that much older um, and to have someone who's looking back at her life and dealing with her decisions along the way. She's this uh, blue-blooded Yankee who's done everything right, marries the right guy, goes to the right schools. You know, she's she's been very privileged and blessed. And then her seven-year-old son goes missing. And three years after that, her husband dies. And that kind of grief causes her to kind of shrivel up inside. She has another son, Clark, but she just can't give him the kind of love that he needs. And instead, she turns all her energy and attention to building this um, fashion empire based on shoes and handbags. And, you know, she's she's ruined by this loss. And she's She's never gotten over it. And and how can you, you know, when you lose a child? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then she's presented with this eight-year-old whose mother has just died by suicide. And she does not really know how to take care of Emma, but she does her best. And then Emma ruins all her plans for the future by getting pregnant at 18. So writing Genevieve was... Uh, really new for me. And I love that as an author. And I loved exploring the issues of aging in a society obsessed with youth. Um, You know, my last book dealt with weight and how much of a toll that takes on women in terms of their self-esteem and self-image. This book deals a lot with aging and how that does the same, you know, how as a woman, you start to become invisible after a certain age. Mm-hmm. Um, you start to be taken less seriously and, and kind of shunted to the corner. And Genevieve, who's done so much with her life and is such an impressive person, really rebels against that. And and so I, I love her for that. I love her her fight and her strength. And um, And yet she was a pretty crappy mother to her son, her surviving son. And, and a pretty crappy grandmother to Emma. But now she has this summer to maybe make up for things. Right. And speaking of parenting, I've noticed that in this novel, you, you have many facets of parenting. Not just how Genevieve parented, but also how Emma's parents parented and how her other grandparents parented or how Emma parented Riley. And I wanted to know if you meant to make this book about you know, multiple generations of parenting and the different facets of parenting, or did it just happen? 
It just happened. And it's funny. Another interviewer said, you know, this in a lot of ways is a book about parenting. I said, yeah, I guess that is. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah. I did not know that. But um, but it is about um, the different styles of parenting. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Emma and Riley are probably the most autobiographical in terms of my relationship with my own daughter in that she was very easy to raise and we're very, very close and loving and great friends. Um, but we have, uh, you know, several bad parents. We've got Genevieve, you know, who can't bring it in herself to love her other son. Uh, we have Miller, our widowed, uh, protagonist who's dealing with the worst toddler in the world. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) How did you do that? Where did you come up with these, these safety net over a crib and oh my God. Yeah. No, they (laughs) They exist and the backward zipping pajamas and all that stuff. Um, so Tess, Tess is three years old and she is an absolute hellion and not in the cute way. No. And no. Um, she is really hard on her dad, completely unfiltered. And like the, the pediatrician says, you know, she's normal. She's above average intelligence. But she until she really learns to express her emotions, you're going to have a hard time. And he has the hardest time. And, um, and he's going through the motions because he's still very grief stricken over the loss of his wife. So, um, he's doing his best and terrified that his best is like a drop in the bucket of what Mm -hmm. Tess needs. And I loved him because he tries so hard. Yeah. You know, know. he he really, he never loses it. He never, you know, the worst he does is buckles her in her car seat. So so she can't hurt herself, you know? Or the cat. <laughs> oh my gosh. The poor cat. Poor cat. <laughs> you know, poor Luigi. Um, That's but, a great uh, cat name, by the way. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so it, I mean, I'm such a mom. I think that's my identity first and foremost and ahead by a mile is that I'm a mother. So I think that does seep into into my writing. You know, when when Shannon and Natalia and I were discussing this book, we were all struck by the complexity of your characters. Nobody's just a simple villain or good person. There's all these really intricate shades of gray that just make them so fascinating. And what, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, like Clark and, and Mm -hmm. I just, I mean, there's so many characters where you were able to kind of strike a chord of empathy, even if we wanted to hate them. Oh, right. Right. And I apologize if you're hearing a lot of noise, we're having a really dramatic storm in Ohio. Oh, how exciting. (laughs) Yes. But um, we were, we were struck by um, just the complexity and just wondering, um, you know, was the shades were those shades of empathy and things were they just part of the development did you mean to write the characters in this way or did they end up kind of writing themselves in a more likable way you know I uh, both is the uh-huh. answer I I never try to write a one-dimensional character um and my my fascination as a writer is why are you the way you are what happened to you to form you what events, what kind of family, uh, what choices that you made brought you to this moment and how are you going to draw on those and how are those going to hurt you? So I do a lot of character development in my mind, but the one character who surprised me was Clark, this Mm -hmm. terrible father, terrible son who abandons both of his children to Genevieve's care. He has a much younger daughter with special needs named Hope. And, um, and, I didn't really know how his story would end, but I thought 
you know, he's such a um, shallow, <laughs> yes, you know, user. <laughs> he's so materialistic. He's he's just a horrible person. And yet, how did you get? How did you get that way? You know, yeah. you, they don't just hatch. And so writing his story <laughs> was kind of a, re- a revelation for me mm-hmm. and surprisingly fun to write a really crappy person. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it is fun. So Kristen, you've written 19 novels, correct? Mm-hmm. 19 novels. Now I want to know which has been, would you say the hardest novel you the novel that was the hardest for you to write and why? Uh, that's an easy answer. It was last year's book. Good luck with that. Um, oh, yes. That book was all the things. Yes. <laughs> so that was a book that was deeply, deeply personal to me because it talked about um, the images and pressure we women are given to look a certain way and and specifically to be a certain size. So it dealt with weight and self-esteem and it's been something in my life that I've never been able to get away from I mean I, I work on it every day to say like mm-hmm. you find just the way you are and you don't have to lose weight and you know um, and what's more important is really self-care and self-acceptance but that book was painful to write because it really stripped off any pretense that I had personally about mm-hmm. feeling good about myself and how affected I think we all are as, as strong and, and um, positive as we might be about ourselves. I think every American woman has been hit by, by thinking I don't look the right way. And uh, this is Stacey. I just right. wanted to, this is when I wanted to kind of bring this up. I was hoping to be able to say that I, I've loved all your books. I've been, I discovered you back in 2010. So it's been a while, but <laughs> good luck with that has kind of been like my Bible for the last year. I've read it at least, I, it's been four times now. And I've struggled with body image for most of my adult life. And it really, you know, this was the first book that really didn't try to paint it pretty, you know, and mm. like try to make women change who they were at the end to suit society's expectations. And Mm -hmm. I just loved it so much. And it really has meant a lot to me. I really, you know, Georgia resonates a lot with me, like with her husband, like, oh my God, don't come in and watch me in here while I'm showering or brushing, don't touch me. And I really like, um, and and I have a husband who's very similar to Mm -hmm. Rafi in that way. And I just, I really wanted to thank you personally for writing a book that has meant so much to me and to my twin. And she told me she would kill me if I didn't say that. It oh. means a lot to her too, but I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, so it's a very special book. And I, I think that I know it was probably a very challenging book to write, but I know there are a lot of us out here who really appreciate that you told our story. And so thank, thank you, you very much. Right. Yeah. I've gotten more fan mail over that book than any other book by far. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and yeah, it was a difficult subject because it, it does kind of drop your defenses and talk about the journey of getting to that place of self-acceptance and letting go of the messages that were are crammed down our throats every day, yeah. you know? Um, right. So I hope that, you know, that everybody does get there, but I also recognize that it's not easy. It's not. Um, so you, um, I, I'm really interested if, if we're talking about uh, your books, I'm really interested mm-hmm. in the, how, your journey from writing the more straight up contemporary romances, which I love, mm-hmm. to the more um, the, the women's fiction feeling stories. And what was that journey like for you? What kind of set you on that course? Well, 
even in my first book, I have more than um, more than just a romance, and I don't mean to disparage like the oh, classic no, no. Right. romance. But yeah, there's family issues. There's there's frayed relationships. There's you know true complexity in getting together with the hero, and um, I think that in some respects it's a matter of packaging. You know, do you yeah. get the cute dog on the cover, or do you get <laughs> a hardcover deal, you know. Um, but I'm always interested in all facets of the characters' lives uh, when I'm writing them. Uh, I think that the difference between women's fiction and and romance is is thin. But yes, right. But I think also right, yes. that women's fiction is more about the woman and her journey, and the romance is part of it, but it's not the end goal. It's not the entire story. Right, right. Yes. I mean, yeah. you'll you'll have a romance in there and and it will end happily, but it's not the the main focus of the story. It's part of the focus of the story. And right. it just happened very naturally for me. Um I think some of my earlier books could could be packaged as women's fiction mm-hmm. um and are actually being packaged as women's fiction now in in reissue. Um but as I got older, too, and, you know, I've been married for 27 years, you know, um, mm-hmm. the journey of of finding the one is more and more in my rearview mirror um, personally. Mm-hmm. And um, in next summer's book, for example, there is a relationship, but it's um, even though the characters are, I don't know, like 33 or something, um, They've, they've known each other for a long time. So it's like a long-term relationship that they just have to make work somehow. And I think that, you know, as, as you get older, that um, search for finding the right boyfriend for now is less important. Um, and like my, my single friends are, are not just looking for a guy. They're looking for a fulfilling life and a guy might be part of that or a romantic partner, a woman, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think romance is women's fiction, yes. really. And I, I, I dislike the titles because I think so, like, for example, uh, Kennedy Ryan technically writes contemporary romance, but I think of her as a women's fiction author um, because her issues are so complex and deep and difficult and 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 there's such such a journey for the female protagonist especially right I think romances in general are about you know the female protagonist so maybe they could all be one genre romance Mm -hmm. fiction right right I think that makes sense so speaking of genres and labels can you describe to us what what is your writing process I know you release one book a year Mm-hmm. Um, that's so what is your writing process how do you come up with y- your story do you know what you're going to write from beginning to end already do you outline what how does it work for you well I, I never know what my next book will be about um, I I wrote a five book series the Blue Heron series a few years ago and so I did know the the characters involved okay. and who who would get a story but um, but I never know what my next work will be about, because I think as a writer, you know, someone who does this full time, I really have to be in love with this because this is going to be my world for the next six to nine months, which is how long it takes me to write a book, um, you know, from concept to send it to my editor. And, um, so I, I fiddle around with ideas. I, I 
I try to write an outline more or less. I try to give my editor some idea of what the book will be about. And um, she likes a one word summary. So, you know, like this is a book about weight or this is a book about marriage or, you know, mm-hmm. um, so um, it helps me keep focused actually. I, I outline a lot. I like to know which scenes I'm going to have in my, in my hand to, you know, to play later. Um, and I really hate writing the first draft. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, um, I hate it so much. I, I love to outline and I love to revise. So the first draft is something that I, I just have to force myself through. And it's when I revise a book that it becomes a book, not just a manuscript. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really hard on myself in revisions. I'm not afraid to say this is really boring. This character is horrible and cardboard. Um, you know, we need three more scenes here and we need to take out six there. So I, I think that served me well as an author is to be ruthless about my own writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, I just finished a book and it's amazing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. like, I just finished a book. I need to curl into fetal position and then like Recover. at it with the, <laughs> take an ax to it, you know? <laughs> right. I think that's part of the creative process. I don't think yes. an artist uh, does a work of art and says, oh, yes, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't trust those authors who, you know, are like, it's amazing. I love me. Yes. And I did it in two weeks. Yes. <laughs> Damn so, you. Right. That's right. Um, and, and speaking of, of writing, um, and you kind of briefly gave us a two second teaser, but is there anything you're able to tell us about your next project? Um, my next summer's book is, uh, a story, uh, again, of a family, um, Yay. two daughters and a mother dealing with the sudden illness of the dad. And, um, and it, this is the one about marriage. Um, mm-hmm. and it's about, um, every family will have this happen. You know, every family will have something like this, where we all have to rally together and deal with the new normal of, of our uh, family situation. And, um, and I love that book because the two sisters are very different. They, they get along well enough, you know, but mm-hmm. one is uh, 14 years older than the other. And, um, and again, like I have an older protagonist in the, in the mom, um, uh, she gets her own point of view. And uh, and I, again, loved writing about a woman who had been in a long marriage, almost 50 years, you know, oh, wow. and, and what that's like, you know, uh, the familiarity of it, the pros and cons of that familiarity. Um, so that will be out next summer. Fabulous. We can't <laughs> wait. We'll be counting down now. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah, very true. So, Kristen, are you a reader? And if so, what are you reading that you'd like to recommend to us and to your listeners? Anything that's really wowed you lately? Oh, yeah. I've, oh, I've yeah. read a lot of, <laughs> lot of great books this summer. Um, I just finished um, Evie Drake Starts Over uh, oh. by Linda Holmes, which was a delightful again, like romance women's fiction story um, in which a woman 
is planning to leave her husband, but then he dies before she can do it. Oh, and, no. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like, that's the first page. Um, so I'm not giving yeah. anything away. I'm reading that today. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's delightful and it's funny and it's sad and really relatable. Um, so I loved that. Uh, I was reading Kennedy Ryan all summer. She um, has written this sort of new adult into into adulthood group of characters based around basketball. And the book that I loved the most was Longshot. Um, and it, again, it was a, um, a book that dealt with some very difficult issues, but brings the characters on this beautiful journey. And the writing, Kennedy's writing is just lyrical and magical. It'll give you goosebumps. Oh, um, yay. Yeah. <laughs> and I read um, a book called... Uh, you Were There Too by Colleen Oakley, which was very um, a beautiful, interesting concept about a woman who's happily married, a little bit displaced. She and her husband moved to this small town from the city. And, um, and then she meets this man she's been dreaming about her whole life. He's been appearing in her dreams. And she sees him and she recognizes him. That's the man from my dreams. And he recognizes her, too. So he's literally the man of her dreams, but not oh, necessarily no. in a good way, you know. And it was just like this hypnotic, magical, strange book. Um, it wasn't like uh, magical, like Harry Potter or right. something, you know. Um, but it was just be- beautifully written, beautifully written. So, yeah, it's, it's been a good summer. Okay, thank you. Wonderful. So, Kristen, is there anything that you would like to tell your readers or our listeners before we end our interview? Um, I hope you love life and other inconveniences. And um, if you buy it this week, proceeds support St. Jude Children's Hospital. Excellent. Excellent. And also, if our readers or listeners want to get in contact with you, what would you say would be the best way to get in touch uh you can go to my website kristenhiggins.com and all my social media links and email are there wonderful well on behalf of the book bistro team i would like to thank you so much Kristen, for giving us your time today we are more than honored to have you as stacy put it in the beginning but i guess it's my turn to fangirl now (laughs) (laughs) i've I've been very patient (laughs) thank you so much guys it's been our pleasure. Please keep writing. Um, we are very captivated and entertained by your stories, your family dynamics, the way you write uh, people, your characters, just everything that you do. We love what you do. So please continue. And thank you so much. We will continue promoting your books and loving them and thank fangirling you. all over them. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> Take care. You too. Thanks. Take care, Kristen. You have a wonderful day. You too. Bye. All right, now we have new books. So many new, new bookities. So as always, this is not a comprehensive list and it isn't really intended to be. This is a list that is made up of things that either I'm really excited about, or my contributors are really excited about, or just kind of general things that I think would be of interest to people who are likely to listen to the podcast. If I've left something out that you really love or 
an author that you think should be highlighted here, please let me know. The more feedback I get from you, the better I'm able to curate these lists so that they can give you the information about the books that you're excited about. So the first few are books that you've heard us mention before, either on our Most Anticipated Books of August episode or way back in January when we talked about some of our Most Anticipated Books of this year. So I'm going to start out with The Oysterville Sewing Club by Susan Wiggs. And Sarah talked about this on our Most Anticipated Books of August, and I will tell you when we switch episodes. Sarah also mentioned All the Flowers in Paris by Sarah Gio, um, and Stacy is also pretty excited about this one, as am I. It is a dual timeline World War II story. And another World War II book is the new Kristen Harmel, and it's called The Winemaker's Wife. Um, Stacy talked about that. And of course, because this is Book Bistro, you have to know that so many of us are super excited for the new J.R. Ward book, which is Blood Truth, and it is the fourth book in her Black Dagger Legacy series, which is, of course, the spinoff to the very popular Black Dagger Brotherhood books. Kristen mentioned Of Ice and Shadows, which is the second book in the A Fire and Stars series by Audrey Colthurst. And then I'm going to go way back here to January to a book that Jen talked about and that I know Min is also super excited for. This is The Wallflower Wager by Tessa Dare. It's the third book in her Girl Meets Duke series. Um, and I'm kind of interested in this particular heroine story, so definitely check that out if you're a Tessa Dare fan. Okay, now books that no one has mentioned, or at least no one here on Book Bistro. I imagine other people have mentioned them, otherwise um, it'd be kind of hard to figure out why they were being published. So first up is The Accidentals, and this is by Min Rose Gwyn, and it's the story of two sisters who are struggling to come to terms with their mother's death as a result of a botched backwoods abortion. Um, they come of age in 1950s Mississippi, and it just looks like a really excellent family drama set in the South. So that again is The Accidentals, and the author is Min Rose Gwyn. This next one makes me really excited. I loved Starcrossed by Pintip Dunn last year, and I thought... I was pretty sure that there would be a sequel, but I hadn't heard anything about it. And then I was looking at books for this episode, and I saw that this week, Sky, um, Sky Kissed, which is the second book in the Starcrossed series, is out. And I'm so, so happy. So definitely check this out. It's kind of a cross between young adult fantasy and young adult science fiction um, with a really clever and unique setup. So... I'm super excited. Again, this is Sky Kissed, and it's the sequel to Starcrossed by Pintip Dunn. Okay, so I have to talk about this book. The title would make you think that I'd hate it because I don't like ghosts, but I'm not really sure that this is a ghost book, despite the title. It's called We Are the Ghosts, and the author is Vicki Skinner. It is a young adult novel about a teenage girl who was estranged from her brother, and he dies somehow. I don't know how. 
and she embarks on a road trip to kind of learn some truths about him. So this again is We Are the Ghosts, and it is by Vicki Skinner. And because Young Adult is really popular, I have to talk about Bright Star by Erin Swan. This is young adult fantasy with some romance thrown in. It is, of course, as so many of the best YA fantasy novels are, um, about rebellion, but also it's about dragons. So if dragons are your thing, you definitely want to check this out. It's Bright Star, and the author is Erin Swan. This next one I kind of expected to be fantasy, but it's actually historical fiction. So this is The Fire Blossom, and it is The Fire Blossom Saga, book one. And it's a historical novel set in New Zealand, and it tells the story of two sisters and all of the things that they have to go through in order to survive. I don't know what the things are. Um, the synopsis didn't really give me a lot of information, but I really enjoy historical fiction and New Zealand, especially historical New Zealand, seems like it could be a really great setting. So I am excited. It's The Fire Blossom, The Fire Blossom Saga, book one. And the author is Sarah Lark. Okay, now it's time for a twisty thriller because this would not be one of my episodes if I didn't talk about at least one. Um, Devotion by Madeline Stevens. This is a debut novel, and it's about a mutual obsession between a mother and the woman that she hires to be her children's nanny. Mm -hmm. So think like The Perfect Nanny by Leila Slamani, but with like some obsession thrown in. So this again is Devotion, and it is by Madeline Stevens. So this next book is another kind of coming-of-age story. It's called Shrug, and the author is Lisa Braver Moss. It takes place in 1960s Berkeley, and our main character is a teenager who really would like to attend college. Her father, though, is pretty domineering, and he doesn't want that for her. So the, the struggle seems to be whether she will defy him in order to achieve her dreams. This is Shrug, and the author is Lisa Braver Moss. This next book is one that I don't know a lot about, but I've heard a lot of people kind of buzzing about it. Um, it's a, a multicultural romance. It's by Michelle Hazen. It's called Unbreak Me, and all I really know is that it's set on a ranch. So if you kind of like cowboy romances, um, you might want to check it out. It is Unbreak Me by Michelle Hazen. Okay, we have another debut thriller. This title, um, I think, is one of the best I've heard in a while. It's called Trust Me When I Lie. Um, I don't usually trust people when they lie, but, of course, maybe that's because... I'm not like writing a thriller. So Trust Me When I Lie is the story of a man who is convicted of murder. And we are examining the role that a documentary film plays in that conviction, kind of how it plays out um, over the ensuing years. So this is Trust Me When I Lie, and the author is Benjamin Stevenson. So... This is another historical novel, The Dearly Beloved, and it's by Kira Wall. 
It centers around two couples whose lives become intertwined when the two husbands become co-ministers of a really prestigious church. And apparently all does not go well. So it's The Dearly Beloved, and it's by Kira Wall. This next book is one that I've been excited about for months. Um, I tried to get an early copy, but the publishers were not giving out many of them. So this is The Retreat, and it's by Sherry Smith. And it's a revenge-based thriller. So right there, I love a good revenge thriller. But this centers around the like self-care and wellness industry, and it kind of illuminates the dark side of what goes on at some of these spas and retreats. So once again, it is The Retreat, and the author is Sherry Smith. This next book is one um, that I've heard a lot of good things about as well. I know that Stacy really enjoyed one of this author's previous books. So this is called Things You Save in a Fire, and it's by Catherine Center. And it's a romance about a female firefighter in Boston. Um, and I don't know much more than that. So it's Things You Save in a Fire, and it is by Catherine Center. And I'm back around to young adult fantasy. Um, Megan Shepard is releasing the sequel to Grim Lovelies. And this is called Midnight Beauties. And from what I understand, it picks up pretty much right where Grim Lovelies left off. I have not read the first one yet, although I really want to. It's sitting on my iPad waiting for me. So this is Midnight Beauties, Grim Lovelies, book two. And it's by Megan Shepard. So this next one is The Downstairs Girl, and it's by Stacey Lee. It is another historical novel, and it's about a young woman who works by day as a lady's maid in San Francisco. But at night, she also kind of moonlights as this anonymous advice columnist. So she writes a column, no one knows who she is. But when this column becomes really popular, people start having a lot of questions about who is writing it. So this is The Downstairs Girl by Stacey Lee. I am not much of a fan of contemporary romance. Um, I mention them here sometimes if I know that they're of interest to people, but I, I don't read a lot of them myself. This next one is Bad Apple, and the author is L. Kennedy. I know that Natalia really enjoys her, and I think Min might as well. But this is a standalone romance between a waitress and a Hollywood bad boy. So if you enjoy L. Kennedy, you might want to check this out. Once again, it's called Bad Apple. So this next one is kind of interesting because the audiobook came out last fall and finally it's available as an ebook and in paperback. This is The Bridge Kingdom and it's the first book in a series with the same title. The author is Danielle L. Jensen and it poses the question, what if you fell in love with the one person you have been fated to destroy? So if you want to know how that would play out, you might want to check it out. It's The Bridge Kingdom, The Bridge Kingdom Book One, and it's by Danielle L. Jensen. This next one makes me very, very happy. It's called The Silence Between Us, and it is by Alison Gervais, 
it is about a deaf girl who leaves the school for the deaf that she's been attending for a while in order to attend her home school. And apparently she finds love with a hearing boy who may or may not have some ulterior motives. I'm always happy to see disability representation, especially in young adult fiction. So I'm definitely going to check this out. It is The Silence Between Us, and the author is Allison Gervais. I have a couple more here. This next one is The Swallows, and it's by Lisa Lutz. And to be very honest, I read, I think it's called The Passengers that she wrote a couple of years ago, and I really didn't like it. But the synopsis of this really caught my attention because it takes place in a New England prep school. And along with revenge thrillers and cults and people on the run, I really like books that take place in schools. So this is about a teacher who somehow manages to ignite a gender war at a New England prep school with pretty disastrous results. So this is The Swallows, and it's by Lisa Lutz. And second to last, we have The Hidden Things by Jamie Mason. This is a thriller that revolves around the unsolved theft of a 17th century painting. So perhaps a little bit like The Art Forger, um, it's hard to say. But it's Hidden Things, and it's by Jamie Mason. And last up for me today is Inland by T. Albrecht. And she wrote a really, really popular book um, called The Tiger's Wife several years ago. And this is her latest. It's an epic journey across the American West in 1893. Um, I'm not always a fan of westerns, but I'm definitely looking forward to this one. And it again is Inland by T. Albrecht. And that is all for me. I hope I have managed to expand your TBR piles. Mine got really big after I made this episode. Well, it was really big before, but it got even bigger. So anyway, this is um, just like a small sampling of some of what's coming out this week. So I hope that you find something you love, and please, as always, let me know. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody.